0: Friday. I hope that you are having the most amazing Friday or that you will have the most amazing Friday depending on when you have listened to this uh, episode. This is episode 20 of season five. We always, I don't know, say always, but we always try to get to 20 episodes per season. We will take a two week break where I will re gather all of my items and things and get all the guest hosts ready for season six. So this is season five. I know it seems like it's going super fast. This is the last episode of season five. And today we are going to be talking about money, your finances, your point, where you spend, how you spend, how do you get the money that you need so you can spend, all of those things. So we will be having a discussion with a guest today um, regarding money. But I wanted to just say again, as we talk about the Happy Friday vibes and we're starting off our weekend and we're trying to get all the things together. Can y'all go ahead and get some rest? Go ahead and take you a rest because rest is crucial. We are dealing what we were spring forward. And a lot of people on my timeline have were struggling with sleep. How do I get my rest? How do I get my sleep? It's been a struggle for a lot of people. This is also sleep awareness week and with a you know, sleep awareness week, how are you actually getting your rest? I wrote a blog about nighttime routines. We've covered morning routines and it's literally vital for you to decide how you want to show up for yourself for the next day. And how you do that is how you go down. How do you go to sleep? Where do you put your interests at? How do you, do you have a nighttime routine? Do you write in your journal at night? Do you listen to certain music and set yourself, you know, shut yourself down? Like how do you start your nighttime routine? Um, For me, I like to have in my house a quiet hour or a quiet time. I try to give the kids at least one hour, 30 minutes to an hour of just quiet time. They could play with something quietly. They can read a book, things of that sort. So they have that moment to calm down. And then they just continue to proceed after that. And, you know, doing the brushing of their teeth and getting themselves in the bed. I listen to certain podcasts before I go to sleep and I discovered as i was preparing for the uh, spring forward um, i discovered that there are nap so there are actual look on some of your favorite players there are like nap meditations and nap playlists. so i purposely set a playlist a nap playlist and set my alarm for 2 hours last saturday so that when the fat you know the spring forward came it would adjust my body and i'm going to tell you i am not one of those ones that are struggling with this fast forward listen, I would have loved for people to be like, Oh, you're struggling, but I'm not, I'm honestly not. And it's because I took that nap. I went on ahead and I took that nap and got what I needed to get. So go ahead and start putting naps. Like you got to put naps like in your spirit, getting your naps going and making sure that you're doing what you need to do because naps are essential. And also naps are a form of self care. Another thing that I want to talk about as we end this season is weaponizing mental health care. For instance, I had someone this week use a post that I posted about self-care or about me having, you know, this mental health issue over the weekend and they come and go like we all have our ups and we have our downs, we have our ebbs and we have our flows. And before you ask, it was not my husband. My husband and I have had a very good conversation since the first time that that happened. Um, this was when I first started to notice me unraveling at postpartum depression. So we don't have to have that discussion anymore, but it wasn't my husband. But. We have to stop weaponizing people with mental health care, meaning just because you know that someone that you love or is close to you or is a friend or a comrade or whomever you would like to put the title to, you know that they may have mental health issues. It is not your place. It's actually quite inappropriate to, you know, say, oh, I I saw you must have been having a mental health Like You cannot weaponize people's mental health, you know, against them because For me, I'm strong enough to deal with it. For someone else, they may not be able to, and it can make them shelter in more, meaning then they they don't end up having a place where they can feel safe to post. Now, I am a blogger as well as a podcaster, um, and I have zero, and I mean zero problems talking about myself. And what I mean by talking about myself, not in a vain way, but sharing my experiences of things that I have gone through with my own personal mental health, with my own personal family, or something that I've gone through and I've, you know, come on the other side of, I don't have a problem sharing that. But even as a person like myself who doesn't have a problem with sharing, I also still don't want someone weaponizing that against me. So, If you have family or friends that you are aware that they may have an up or down, you don't get to say to them or use that against them like, oh, you weren't acting like you needed to because of this, or you didn't do for me what you, what I thought you needed to do because maybe you were having a problem. That is not your call. Um, If they share something with you, that's, you know, fine. And even still don't use it against them. Like you're either going to be understanding or you're not, but don't be inappropriate. With self-care, I feel like a lot of people are trying to like get over the whole self-care movement as if it's not valid because they feel like people are romanticizing self-care. I'm going to tell people to continue. If that is what you call romanticizing self-care, go ahead and do it. I have noticed that there's been an increase of people showing that part of them that they're getting their self-care, that they're taking care of themselves. I, I don't personally see anything wrong with that. If anything, I feel like it's like a fire that will catch and other people will gravitate towards that and want to do more of taking care of themselves or want to do more of making sure that they're at their best priority. I, I want more people to do that. And that is the whole point, If especially if you follow the blog or if you're on my social media, which I'm on there as Toy Time Blog, you'll notice that I always, maybe two to three times a week, I show different levels or different things that you can do for self-care, they're so simple, like buying yourself some bouquet of flowers. I may go to something here in Philadelphia that's about self-care, like when I went to the wellness refinery. Or maybe I am at the spa, maybe I am at a facial, maybe I'm just encouraging people to sleep, maybe I'm encouraging you to take some time to journal. Even 10 minutes of journal writing to yourself, you release whatever negative uh, feelings that you have, you have a couple of moments just to breathe, I feel like we need to see more of that. And the more of that, that we see, it encourages other people who are struggling to tap in for their own health to do so. I've had many people that will say to me, oh, I'm so grateful that you posted that. Thank you for doing that. It made me feel like I could say the same thing. There are people who are literally by themselves, either by choice or however life has given them. And they are struggling because when you're by yourself, you don't feel like you can get up and do activities that require friendships or do activities that require partners or do activities that just requires another person to be present. I like to showcase those few things that you can do for yourself because although I have a partner, although I have a family, there are times when one, my partner and my family don't even agree with the things that I wanna do and there was a time when i used to be so gravitated for someone to go with me that i just missed out on so many different opportunities because i needed to have someone there and i'm not alone there's a lot of people who deal with that again either by choice or just having that feeling of i want someone to go do whatever it is that go do with me i think that showcasing people living life traveling getting out doing something that they're uncomfortable with as much as i showcase a lot of things about philadelphia I always will take the time to say, did you see that picture or did you see that video? And these are the things that were happening behind the scenes because that's where real life is. That's where real people are. And they can resonate with that because you and I, and I'm saying you and I, because we all deal with some level of anxiety, some level of, you know, these ups and downs, these triggers that we may experience. So if you ever following me, I'm going to be the champion for self-care. I'm going to be the champion for wellness. I'm going to be the champion of that because we need more people speaking clearly and openly about that. So that's always been my mission. It's going to continue to be my mission and also to encourage other people. For today's guest, we have Sari Abraham. He is a financial planner and the member of the Bank One, Bank on Yourself organization. He helps real estate investors, business owners, and full-time employees grow safe and predictable wealth regardless of market conditions using a financial strategy that he has been that has been around for over 160 years. Sari started this journey when he was in grad school, completing his MBA. He worked for companies like Allstate, Blue Cross Bruce Shield, Cigna, Healthspring and Humana before founding Financial Asset Protection, which is a financial services firm that focuses on one sole concept, the bank on yourself concept, also known as the infinite banking concept. So he is going to come, we're going to chop it up about finances. You know, a lot of people believe that in order to have a financial advisor, they have to make a certain amount of money. I'm going to tell you that even I had my first financial advisor when I was a broke college student, um, trying to get my finances on track, trying to figure out where I was. And that was extremely helpful because I wasn't making a lot of money, even after I graduated from college. And it was helpful for me to understand like investments and where I needed to put money to make a future. And then again, when I had my daughter, my oldest, I wanted, I met with a financial advisor again, because of course, when you have a child, you want to make sure that you're protecting your money and making, you know, the best decisions for your money so that you can protect their future and your future as well. And so having a financial advisor, again, I understand that some people believe that they have to have a certain amount of money in order to make some sort of investment even having a financial planner or a financial advisor, but I would stress that everyone that is listening to this podcast, if you can go ahead and get you a financial advisor, find one that you trust, find one that is accredited, find one that is helping you for the goals that you set, right? The ones that you set, the one you know that you need to do and the ones that they're guiding you to. And there's a couple of the red flags that we're going to talk about when we're talking about how do you even find a financial advisor? What are the things that you look for? What are the questions that you might have? So if you're about getting your money together, listen, I want you to go ahead and follow him. I want you to, you know, sign up for his services and see if that's a good fit, right? See if that's a good fit, not pushing yourself to make it a good fit, but to see if that's a good fit. And with any other financial advisor, always do your um, research, do your homework, make sure that you know who you're dealing with. Um, because that's important as well. So let's welcome Sari as we continue to have this episode. And thank you for rocking out for season five. This is episode 20. Well, happy Friday to Conversations with Toy Family. I hope that your week has been amazing. But you know, in our in our podcast, we have a lot of conversations. Some conversations are joyful, some conversations are serious, and some conversations usually in, in between. But whatever the conversation that we have, we want to make sure that we're giving you information that you can use. Well, today is one of those podcasts where if you need help, and we all need help, let's just put our hands up wherever we may are. We all know that we need help with our finances. Finances are one of those things that we cannot cut corners on no matter how much you make or how little you make, the way that we use our money will make sure that we're set up for our future. So again, if you are trying to get your money right, you know, 2022, you know, we start all these goals in the beginning of January and somewhere around February, we start to fall off, but we're picking you back up from March and making sure that you get it all together. Because listen, having financial power, will make your life that much easier. And again, it's all about making sure you're doing the right things with your money. And I'm not the financial guru. I am not. I did not study it. Um, me and Numbers, we don't always get along. However, I always want to see my money go up and go up in the right areas with investments or retirements, just different ways in which we can secure our future. But since I'm not and we all know I am not the financial guru. I brought someone here that knows their stuff way better than me because I'm going to have you spending your money at the Target, and the Starbucks, and we want to make sure we balance that so you can have more money for later on. But today we have Sari Ibrahim. He is here. Um, he is going to let you know about finances because it's not my, not my repertoire. So Sari, thank you so much for being here today.
1: Hi, Tori. Thank you so much for having me on. It's an honor to be here.
0: Awesome. So we've heard about, we've heard your wonderful bio. Tell me if you could, what are the, if there were three things that you could summarize, what are the three major issues that people have when it comes to finances and money? Just three. Mm, I'm sure you have more.
1: Yeah. So three, let me think for a second, just dealing back with clients. Okay. So number one, um, not knowing, your numbers so that's one problem i see is people don't know like exactly how much they make how much they have how much they spend how much debt they owe like so like that's one problem the second is uh, people's goals are not specific enough or unique enough so what that means is that um, especially with, like new entrepreneurs i'll just say like i just want a lot of money like as soon as possible right um, <laughs> that's because so they that, haven't
0: had it for so long they just want to grab at it
1: exactly yeah and and you know when your goal is just kind of like vague like that you're probably not going to get it right so like it has to be like very specific and like finite and like reachable so that's one problem i see and then the third problem um comparing themselves to other people so like when you go into like why is it that you want to be wealthy or why do you want to be you know why do you want to make a million dollars a year or whatever the case is it's like well like duh that's like that's the thing to do like you, you know you make a lot of money and that's that's it and i think that's not like concrete enough, like it has to be like specific to you and and, and legitimate to you where there's no right or wrong answer. But um, I, I guess that compare themselves to other people is a, a major financial problem.
0: I can understand that because sometimes we'll, especially like even with my field being like a blogger and an influencer, you'll see somebody else talking about, oh, I made six figure deal or I did this deal or I did that. And so in your mind, you're just trying to obtain what someone else's numbers are, but not necessarily what the numbers you are. For me, my situation is different because I have a family. There may be different numberings that have to go along (laughs) with that, where someone else who is single and is doing what they're doing, their numbers may not be the same as mine, but people don't think about that
1: exactly i think the um the only person you want to compete with is yourself like get better at you know your previous life and your, your previous things and like beat your not beat yourself down but like compete with yourself only you know um i think that when you start comparing yourself to other people and compete with other people you don't know if i just wrote a blog right now and said that like you said i publicly announced that i just landed a million dollar deal if you don't. that's all i'm saying there's more to it you know what i mean what if Um, And there's a lot of deception out there, right? What if I landed a million dollar deal um, by just, you know, just because it's a million dollars doesn't mean that I'm making a million dollars from that. So there's a lot more to it. What if I outsource that entire million dollar deal to somebody else and I just connected them and I made $10 from that? You don't know that. Nobody. you know
0: you may have a team that now you got that 10 million dollars now that team has to be paid too for their contributions for whatever it is that they're working with whatever project a lot of people don't realize that as well so if you hire a photographer there's a payment if you hire a videographer there's payment there if you have somebody that's you know that's helping with like captions and like there are things that people pay out all the time but we don't we don't see that we just see the end result
1: exactly yes yeah and and um, yeah, and it kind of takes you it takes away your focus, right? It's kind of almost demotivating when somebody else is motivated and that shouldn't happen, right? It should be like, oh, congratulations, good job, keep up the good work, but you're still on track for your your, your job. And even if you're not reaching your goals right now, it doesn't mean that you can or somebody else is beating you. There's a lot more that goes into it. Um, so that, yeah, that's definitely a huge problem I see. And, and I guess the way, to, way, way around that is to have like systems in place that keep you focused on your career and your job and your business. Um, that's what I do every day. I have something called a priority recap, and I recap all the the top things I need to focus on, like my business, You know, I'm doing this. uh, I'm I'm practicing for not practicing, but uh, enrolled in the certified financial planner program. I'm finishing the second course of seven courses. So I write that in there, like my CFP program I'm writing and, you know, like other things I need to work on top things. So that way when, you know, I'm not going to really lose my focus by something else that happens, something, especially like on LinkedIn or like seeing on YouTube, because it's very easy to lose focus of what you're doing.
0: Now, what made you like, what made you step into this arena where it comes to finances? Because not Listen, I've already said in the introduction that I am not the type of person. Don't come to me. I cannot help you. I can give you the people who can, but I am not the person to come to when it comes to finances. I have somebody else that I outsource for that as well. But how did you yourself get into this field where you wanted to help other people achieve their financial goals?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. So it kind of started when I was like a senior in high school. I really liked the class consumer economics. That was, it was literally like how to write a check. What is a credit card? What is interest? What is a mortgage? You know, I, and I kind of really enjoyed that. It was like the most interesting class I've ever taken. We had to take it right. We had to learn. I feel like, you know, we, we should learn more about that. You know, Mm -hmm. at a young age, we should learn more about money and, and finances, but I like the idea of it and not just so much of just because it was money, but so much of like the, the impact it has on people's lives. Like it's serious, right? When you're not making enough money and you have debt and things like that, it has a toll on people. So I wanted to go further into that area, into that world of helping people solve financial problems, but I didn't really know what it was called. Right. I didn't know if it was financial planner, financial consultant. So uh, I got my MBA and I figured, you know, getting an MBA would get me as close as possible to learning about money as much as possible it's just a small percentage of it, right? Like right. maybe of, what, of everything I know about money, 10% of that came from my MBA, 90% came from real world experience dealing with my own financial issues as well as other people's financial issues. So um, I, I was always attracted to helping people solve financial problems as well as for myself. I got really involved into credit at a young age, understanding how credit works and, um, and, and, and pretty much different financial arena. So that's kind of just being curious is what got me into this and, and wanted to solve those problems for people.
0: So what has been, so you, you know, you want to help people they are coming to you, you have a service, you're able to provide them so they mm-hmm. can get it to, you know, get their finances together. But what has been some of the biggest hesitations when you meet with someone, you know, maybe the first time that they may have even for the first time in their life have put their money to, you know, situations on piece of paper or have really taken the time to look at their, their money. Cause that first time, I remember the first time I looked at my finances. And I was like, oh, good gracious. And this was like a couple of years ago when I dealt with my first financial planner back after I got graduated from college. And I was like, oh, I am like way off base, way, way, way off base of what it is that I thought I wanted to do, especially where my money goals were. So how, what has been some of your hesitations that people have maybe shown or talked about, or you've seen when it comes to getting that first initial help?
1: Yeah. A lot of people don't know, like, like, for example, we'll go through an entire solution and they say like the whole time, this is exactly what I need. And then they don't end up, sometimes this happens. They don't end up doing it um, because they just don't really believe that it's going to help them. You know what I mean? And that's kind of a problem, like not for me so much, but not, not for them either, but it's, there's also, there's this gap, right? Between believing in yourself and then believing a, a, a concept if it works. I think that, of like the way we live financially or in general, the way we live, um, 20% of it has to do with uh, technical things, hard things, like things that we could actually see and and, uh, know about like the amount of money we have, the amount of money we make, our credit, things like that, 20%. And then 80% of it is the way you believe about yourself. Like that has a huge factor into your success is the way 80% of it is the way you believe in yourself or how you believe in you. So I guess to, to get to the point of it is like, um, you, you know, just understanding a concept is completely different than implementing a concept. And I hope right. that makes sense. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So like, that's kind of a, a, a big gap I see. Um, there's also another thing, too, is like when you come up with a business idea, a lot of entrepreneurs do is they come up with a business idea. Right. And in their head, it's like the greatest idea ever. It's like, you know, a multi-billion dollar, it's the next Facebook, it's the next Google. Mm -hmm. But when you actually express it and you outline it, it's like, oh, as you're expressing it, you're like, oh, you know what? It's not actually that good of an idea. And that's good. That's fine. You want to do that. You want to think of the idea, express it. If it's not worth it, if it's it's not ideal, then move on to the next thing. So I see that as, in other words, a big gap between what people think they want to do and what they actually do.
0: That actually makes sense because, I mean, even across the way, even not even even dealing with finances, but across the way, the principle of people believing in themselves or believing the ability to do whatever it is that they set, you know, there are goals that are being set even outside of finances that people struggle with that as well. You know, if they uh, want to get better health, you know, health-wise, there are steps that they have to take. It is one concept of going to the doctor, getting your numbers you know, uh-huh. going and getting the blood drawn, you know, exactly where you are. And then the concept of when it comes from concepts of practicality, how people then are able to move to the next level.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: What are, if you could give me three, we're going to, do, I guess three, is just our number today, but <laughs> <laughs> what would be three things that people who have never, ever, 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 ever met with a financial planner, what should they be expecting when they sit down with you or anyone else?
1: Yeah, good question. So I want to, if, if it's okay with you, I'll answer it a different mm-hmm. way. I'll answer as what, what you should look out for. So like, number one, you want to make sure that you're working with somebody that's going to be independent and unbiased. What that means is like, they have, like, their job is literally just to identify what you want to do, and then make sure that they're asking you open ended questions, not just saying like, oh, yeah, so you want to earn X amount percentage, right? Like that's not an open-ended question. Um, Rather, what is that you want to accomplish? What are some of your goals? So make sure they're really focused on So I guess number one is they're independent. They have no say in a certain, or they have no uh, bias towards one concept or product. They're independent. Number two, they are open-ended. They ask open-ended questions and they are interested in what you want to do. Uh, And then number three, if needed they have access to other people who have who have different skills other than other than what they know like in other words they they have the opportunity or to refer you to other people if needed they're not gonna it's either you work with them or nothing at all or even worse they try to do everything for you because nobody's going to be an expert in one space it's like when you deal with an attorney you might have an attorney who's a specialist in like corporate related things but if it's like Um, other things like, for example, debt or um, other places, other areas, like real estate, you might want to go to a different attorney and that attorney could actually refer to that. So you want to work with somebody who has a kind of a network, a team of people. Um, But really, you know, and and you asked, and the reason why I kind of changed that answer was because you asked, what could somebody? what could they experience working with an advisor and there's so many there's so many ways that advisors work it's very difficult to just lay it out and say this is exactly what you're going to find out you're going to say step one step two step three there's so many different ways that financial advisors work some of them work more on the banking side some of them work more strictly financial advisory some of them are more from the insurance background some of them mm-hmm. come from accounting background so there's really it, it can kind of go in, in multiple directions
0: has any of your clients ever expressed like some red flags of things that they may have dealt with, with other financial advisors that they're already coming in with the prejudice with you, not necessarily a prejudice against you, but sometimes like I ex- experienced um, a financial advisor, which gave what, one of your examples where they wanted me to work with them and no, and no one else, they would not refer me for other things. And I was having other issues that needed to be addressed. Um, so if I came to you, I would say to you, Hey, the last person I worked with gave me a really hard time because they came, you know, they wanted me to do work with them. Have you ever had a client that expressed some red flags with dealing with other people?
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, one, one, red, one red flag I've seen before is like from the initial call that somebody has with somebody, they make a recommendation and that's kind of problematic. Cause think about it this way. Like, imagine you go to your doctor's office, right? You walk in, Hey doctor. And then the doctor's like, here's a prescription right here. And mm. you're like, I didn't even tell you what was wrong. And the doctor's like, trust me, this is going to be good for you. Like the doctor said, "No, you didn't even express anything yet. And financial services is a lot like that. Like you meet with somebody and they shake your hand or you read on the phone and they're like, all right, this is what you want to do. You want to put $10,000 a year into this mutual fund, whatever, you know what I mean? It's like, and I've seen that happen, you know? So they come to me and they're like, listen, I don't want to invest in anything. I want to just know more about this situation concept. And I'm like, and then vice versa. I'm like, you know, I can't just give you the recommendation or the the answers to the concept because I don't know your financial situation. I need to ask you the questions and then come up with the financial recommendation, you know, based off of what I think is a good fit for you. And I think that that's how you, you, that's the appropriate, in my opinion, that's the appropriate way. It doesn't Mm -hmm. make sense for you. Like, imagine if you called an accountant and you're like, Hey accountant, should I open an S corp or C corp LLC? Go. The accountant can't just answer, all right, do C-Corp or do LLC. They need to know more about your situation. They need to know what state you're in, what kind of company you own, how many employees do you have, what what do you do for work, what kind of business is it? They need to know more of those things to provide the recommendation. So uh, that was just kind of some of the red flags I've seen is recommendation before the analysis is even, is even done.
0: That actually makes sense. Wow, that is crazy that people actually still do that. But yeah, that was my experience. Um, again, I was, you know, f- fresh out of college and they were just like, you know, This is what you want to do. And also, too, I had another issue where I spoke to a financial advisor, but they were attached to like maybe a church. And then it was just like either you're doing it this way, you're doing this with me or you're just going to be in ruins when that's not necessarily the case, because it could be me being comfortable with the person that I'm working with. It could be a lot of different other factors that matter, but they were just definitely on team push of get done and move on
1: exactly yeah and it's kind of scary when when people operate the, operate like that like you know it's either you do it this way or you know don't you know we're not working together at all um yeah really kind of test out people like i would call like you know a couple different advisors and then kind of ask some questions like oh yeah so do you think you know I, I should do this solution and then see what they say if they just say oh no stay away if they give you a one-sided answer like never do this or always do that that's a red flag right because how do they know? like you know, there is no such thing in financial services or in, in, in a professional setting where it's always going to be one way and never a certain way. That, I, I don't believe that exists. Like you know th- there is no legal solution that's going to be applicable at every single situation, nor is there an accounting principle or a real estate principle or a lending situation where it's going to be applicable at every single situation. And I think it's true with financial planning is like there is no solution that's always 100% of the time you want to do it this way.
0: Now, have you heard the concept? Um, and it's not—I don't even know if you want to use the word concept, but there were mm-hmm. a lot of financial advisors, like right before the pandemic, and definitely yeah. like in between, that were like, you know, I had one financial advisor that I saw something that they put online, and so they were doing things like, hey, you know, don't get that Starbucks; you need d- never get a Starbucks. Just put your money to the side. Now, again, the reason why they were saying that was just using an example of overspending in one area to save in another area. Yes. Um, but their example was again the Starbucks, because that's a company that we all recognize some a lot of us use. So then people were, then there were other people that were like, get the Starbucks. You should be able to learn how to manage so you can have the Starbucks and do all this other stuff. You know, so how do you feel about when you see people posting things? Whether they're some people I feel like they're in the financial world and then some people I feel like they post things because they just happen to run up to see it.
1: Yeah. So I've heard of that too. I've heard of like, um, it don't, you know, go to Starbucks, don't buy things, always just save, save for the future. And again, that's that that's a one-sided solution. That's, that's putting everybody in an always category or, you know, everybody needs to be in this category. It's very right. difficult to do that because people have different situations, different needs, different wants, different times, different ages. There's so many differences that people have that require different things. And I think that one reason why finding a financial advisor would say like, Don't, you know, don't, you know, limit all your money and then put it all in the stock market is, I think it's kind of a common sense thing. And it's because the more you invest with them, the more they get paid. So that's kind of the incentive. And again, I I, I don't want this to be an episode on just bashing other advisors. There's a lot of wonderful people out there doing wonderful things. I'm just kind of sharing some of the things to look out for. Is that like, if you convince somebody to do one thing only, it means that it probably means that you want to, the the more they invest, the more you get paid in the long run. So that's kind of your job is to do. I don't think that saving $3 here and $4 here really is going to make you that rich over time. I think that to a certain extent, yes, decreasing certain habits or certain things will probably um, increase your wealth. A lot of wealth has to do with behavioral things. The way you behave has a lot to do with your wealth. This is how you hear about stories too, about people who are like, you know, blue collar employees who, when they retire, they have like millions of dollars because they've saved their life. And then vice versa, you hear about people who like went to Harvard who got like really high paying jobs, like corporate jobs, who are like bankrupt, you know, because they spend so much money. They they have a lot of like bad habits. They do things, a lot of extravagant things. So like really, it's not about you know, for the most part about the money you make or the money, you know, how much money you have access to it. Initially, Mm -hmm. it's more about your behavioral things to a certain extent, to a certain point, I think. So yeah, just saving, you know, a couple of dollars here, Starbucks, I don't really think is going to make you rich to be transparent.
0: (laughs) Good. That's good to know. So one of my other questions that I have is there's a lot of copy and paste financial um, advisors. Yeah. Um, I won't call anyone out by names, but there's one in particular that I'm looking at right now on my phone. And this person, um, is more like a lifestyle person. So she would be someone that would be like me who talks about lifestyle in different aspects. And then all of a sudden, literally overnight, she jumps into the financial realm. So now she's having classes where she's teaching people how to trade and how to do all this other stuff. No financial backing, no financial, um, you know, none of the work that you might, or a lot of advisors have done um, and have led longevity in the field. How do, and again, a lot of people will gravitate towards her because she's a quote unquote influencer. So of course she's influencing people to do something. How do you really feel about a lot of these, I call them popcorn financial officers. They just popping up all over the place, all over the web. And this particular one that I'm thinking about, she actually has stolen like the the words of and the work of other financial advisors and all she's doing is changing the color and making it really pretty and presenting in a different way but it's literally other people's um information that they've either gone to school learned or been in the field long enough to obtain how do you feel about that
1: oh yeah so okay so um where do i start all right so um Think about the influence perspective, right? So like, let's say, for example, I'm on social media, on Instagram, Facebook, whatever, and I have like a million followers. Let's just say, mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot I could do with that, right? That's that's an asset that I own, I, the following itself, the people who are following you. So I could monetize that, right? I could um, sell shoes on there and get paid off that. And then I could sell... You know, uh, travel tickets for a vacation get paid off of that, and then I could also, you know, sell financial courses and get paid off of that. So think about it from their perspective, right? It's Mm -hmm. it's an opportunity for them to make more money with the same. They could recycle that client base that they have. Right. Um. That's that's from their perspective. Now, from your perspective, the client, the the customer, the person buying the course, I think that like you know, when you want to hire somebody, essentially, you want to make sure that they have the credentials and they have the experience to work with. So if you've seen them on social media promoting makeup or shoes or whatever the case is, and then you see them promoting a financial course, that should be a red flag right there. There, there, it's like, it's like McDonald's is not gonna just sell start selling uh, gourmet salads? It's not what they do, right? You know what I mean? Right. It's not. It's outside of their specialty. It's outside, outside of their focus, and I think that's a, a, a important thing. Um, now. Having said that, I wouldn't just completely discredit the influencer. What if the influencer is selling somebody else's course or somebody who is actually financially competent knows what they're talking about, but they're using the influencer's channel for marketing purposes? I'm all for that. I think that's yeah, a I'm good all idea.
0: for that as well. But this particular
1: yeah. one that yeah. I'm
0: thinking about and looking at, she is the one saying this is her course. This is something she's curated. Mm-hmm. and and now she is a financial guru and I'm just it just sets off red flags for me and I feel yeah. like and this is the reason why I'm bringing it up for someone who's listening you're listening or you may be seeing something like that and just like you're saying like do your homework I think a lot of people just forget the process
1: of doing their homework exactly yes yeah that's such a good point is that like there's the you have your duties and then other professionals have their duties like you go to the dentist, right? The dentist isn't gonna brush your teeth for you. You have to. There are things you need to do for your teeth that the dentist can't do for you. And the right. same is true, like financial planning. There are there are certain tasks you have to do for yourself that a financial professional isn't gonna do everything for you. So yeah, so yeah, like I I love how you mentioned that. Like, do your homework, and I always have like this, um, th- these layers of things before making steps. Like I have like pro like almost like rules for for initiating certain things. If like if it's buying a course let's just say the course is like less than 500 dollars maybe that could be something you do kind of with very little thought it's not that for for a lot of people it's not a big investment and you know if you can learn two or three things financially that you might be able to get your money back in a few months from that because of the the habits you've changed or the, the knowledge you've gained and making or saving more money so yeah but now if it's hiring a professional and it's gonna cost you more than like 500 dollars then i would i would add some steps to like number one Who is a person? Number two, what have they accomplished? Number three, how much is the program going to cost now recurring? Um, Number four, what do you expect to get out of it? Number five, like I would do these steps Mm -hmm. uh, uh, to make sure that you're identifying, you're, you're properly screening this and you have to write it out. I would write it out because you want to add those additional steps in between you and then implementing something to make sure that it's going to actually work. We don't know what the future is right we don't know what's going to happen after you do something but there are certain things you can apply in the in the meantime that will help determine if something is going to be a good idea or not you know this is like part of the reasons why we, we named our show thinking like a bank is that like if you go to a bank right and you want to borrow from the bank like you want to get a loan from them they don't just say okay here's a loan they they make you fill out an application they evaluate the application there's an underwriting team the underwriting team then Brings it over to their supervisor. Like there's a lot of steps in play to make sure that the bank is going to make a good financial decision. And then the more steps you have in between everybody, the less likely you are to have bad loans, deceptive loans, fraud, things like that. Like less problems happen, less risk happens when you have proper processes and systems. That's that in my opinion, that's the point of having systems in place, is that there's less um like problems to have. It's less problematic that way. And and it's true on an individual level, like. When you have, when you're properly screening people and you write things down, it gives you more of a chance to, to learn more about that person and learn more about yourself and to see like, is this, could this potentially be a good thing or, or, or not?
0: Awesome. Um, And I'm so grateful for all the information that you've given. Can you just tell everyone who's listening, like, what are the things that if someone is listening to you right now and they want to properly say, okay, you know, I want to see what he's about. I want to know what's going on. And maybe I want to look at your services. What are some of the things that you can provide, you know, just a few of your services that you provide. So someone listening, we're going to put them in the show notes. Everyone is listening. We'll have all of everything, you know, listed and clickable. But what are some of the things that you, some of your services that you provide?
1: Yeah. So if you are looking to um, like get out of debt, like manage debt properly, uh, we can help you with that. If you're looking to save for retirement, I could help you with that. Um, looking to transition from a, being a full-time employee to being a self-employed and you need some financial help with that. I could, we could do that as well. Um, we really kind of take like an unbiased approach. So there is no, like, we have no idea what to help you with unless, until you reach out to us and then tell us kind of what you want to accomplish. So if it's getting, if it's more of uh getting out of, you know, debt or if it's, you have extra money and you're looking for different ways to grow it and deploy it, we can also help with that. Um, to learn more about like us, like if you want to learn more about us, you can go to our show, Thinking Like a Bank, our podcast, thinkinglikeabank.com. And then there's also a book we wrote called Thinking Like a Bank. You could download that book for free just from the website, and then learn more about some of the concepts we help our clients with i think like one thing for you to note is that um, if we can't help you we'll refer you to the right people who can help you and we also do like six month reviews to make sure that we're on track it's not just buy this product and then you're all set it's mm-hmm. we you know we we only win if you win first so it's we that's the that's those are the relationships we're looking for we also don't work with everybody right we, you have to have an open mind be willing to and have a growth mindset and and be willing to kind of adapt and 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 kind of stretch further not just kind of have your set views um, you know if it's not a good fit we'll let you know that there's potentially other people that you could, you know probably work with but yeah if you have a growth mindset an open mindset we'd love to work with you
0: Awesome. And lastly, what are some of the things that you do? We always enter our shows with making sure that we talk about self-care and mental health. What are some of the ways by which you take care of your own mental health? There's a lot of things I'm sure you have a lot on your plate with a lot of clients. How do you take care of you?
1: Yeah, I I absolutely absolutely have to. It's one of my priorities. I I have to figure out ways of taking care of my mental health, Uh, the gym working out for sure is at the top of there. And then kind of having like breaks, right? Like intentional breaks, not overworking yourself it can get very easy as an entrepreneur to overwork yourself. So I kind of have like intentional breaks like throughout the day where I'm just going to like block out 15 minutes, go for a walk, like just not do anything during that 15 minute period. Um, And then also uh, being in the moment, being present, like my wife and I, we just had a son. So like, I'm been I have to like practice now, like, all right, you know, after like, for example, like 6 PM, like nothing else, don't even check your emails. Don't even, like I leave my phone upstairs, you know um, you know, away from us. So, so that way you're not constantly on that treadmill of like work 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 and and being present being present i think is very important it's 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 very hard something for nowadays to be present in the moment to mm-hmm. so like i've been working on on, on be, being better at that
0: i'm working on that as well that's something we all, <laughs> we all need help with so yeah. thank you so much for being on our show um i'm just so thank grateful you. for you taking the time out to really talk with us and again Uh, anyone that's listening, we will make sure as always that we have all of the information in the show notes so that you can get, you know, yourself better in position so that you, whatever your financial goals are, you literally can take that time to get in alignment either with, I'm sorry, or you can find someone on his team or someone outside of his team that can help you to accomplish those goals. I mean, in 2022, just like every year, we want to find ways to live better, to think better and to do better. And part of that comes in with our finances and our behavior around finances, because that's usually, like you said, that's the issue. If you've never been accountable for your money and you're not really sure how to do that, this, you know, changing some of the way that you think about money and seeing money in a positive light sometimes too, is also a help as well. Because some people see money as negative and you know, if I have more of it, I'm going to have more problems and you will to a certain extent, but changing the behaviors of how you think about money and your relationship with money also helps as well.
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah, thank you for having me on.
0: No problem, thank you. All right, so what did you think? I hope that you learned something. I hope something resonated. We will have everything in the link in bio's um, not the Lincoln Bios, but for everything for you to click on when you click on the show notes, because again, we want you to be informed. We want you to have the best that you can possibly have. And we want you to have the money that you're supposed to have so that you can live the lifestyle that you choose to live. And again, I can't stress enough. It doesn't matter the money that you have. You can be in a position to have someone look over your finances and tell you what exactly what you need to be doing to become a little bit better, I hope you have an amazing weekend. I will see you in two weeks. I will also, in the meantime, be posting some of my favorite episodes. I think there's like 80 something episodes or a little over 80, we've been rocking. So because of that, I'm gonna share a few of my favorite episodes in these next two weeks, but I just wish you well. I may pop in for a bonus you know, episode here and there in these last, these little two weeks, But in these two weeks, I'm going to be getting some new guests. I'm going to be interviewing them, getting them all together so we can bring you the best content. Again, take care of yourself. Take care of your mental health. Take care of you as you take care of other people. You cannot take care of other people while you're struggling to take care of you take care of you. You are just as important, just as valuable. Hope you have an amazing day and we will see you soon here at Conversations with Toy. Make sure that you share this episode. Make sure that you review any of the episodes and make sure that you just be amazing because that's the person that you are. Have an amazing, amazing, amazing weekend. We'll see you in two weeks.